It's great to greet you again this day. King City Church and friends from Victoria Falls and friends from all over the world that's watching this and listening to it. It's an absolute delight to be with you again. We consider this to be not something that we want to entertain you with, but something that we would like to use to equip you. And so as we gather again around homes and in various places and listening and watching, we greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. And we pray and do trust that you are well, that your souls are well, and that physically you're also being cared for. And do make contact with us if there's anything that we as a church can do to practically and emotionally and spiritually help you with. There are various ways in which you can do it. We do encourage you to stay in contact with one another and to reach out to each other and not just wait for the elders or the church to contact you, but contact us and let's support one another that way. I want to um, encourage you with something just very simple. Before I ask Clive, one of our elders here at King City Church, to come and share with us the word for today, I felt the Lord just dropped a simple little thing in my spirit, and that is that he said to me, don't give the people toys, give them tools. And simply meaning this, we are not here to entertain you. And I say that with much respect. We, we don't consider you to be children, by the way. We want to see you as mature believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hence, we don't want to give you toys. This is not a moment to entertain you. When we send out notices and encouragement during the week, it is not to entertain you. It is to equip you to be faithful and mature in your walk with Jesus. Hence, we want to give you tools. And this morning's preach is again a tool, as would be other things that we have and will be giving you. Because we have no idea how long this will continue to last, to come to you this way. And so, as long as it is last and will last, we will not give you toys. And even when we come together in a different way again, the objective is to equip you to be faithful in your pursuit of Jesus, so that you can grow into a full maturity to be sons and daughters that, that model him and his lifestyle. So I pray that it will be that for you. Not a toy, but a tool. And so let me pray for Clive and, and for us as we listen, that this will indeed be a time of being equipped. God, I thank you that all over the world, literally, people are listening, watching, reading, just this preach again. And we consider this to be an incredible privilege, Lord God, to be able to share the word of God, the precious word of Jesus that will always accomplish much in our lives. And I pray that this morning and today will again be an opportunity for it to do that, to bring fruit into our lives so that the world can see that you are real. I pray for Clive, that as he shares, that you will use him. Thank you for your peace upon him, Lord God, to just speak your word with clarity. I trust, Holy Spirit, that you will speak into our hearts a word that will change us forever. We pray for this in your precious name of Jesus Christ, we, pr we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Clive. Go for it. Thank you, Vesey. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in this lockdown. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share the Word of God with you. It feels kind of strange to be sharing the Word of God with you in this manner, but we live in peculiar times and unusual times. Uh, in James 1 verse uh, 2, James exhorts you and I that we should count 
all count it joy when we go through various trials. And right now as a world, we are going through various trials. Um, in Zimbabwe, we're actually kind of familiar with the word trial because every other day for us is a trial. But right now in the whole world, we are going through a singular trial with a singular aim of taking away our joy as people. A joy as, as believers that we ought to do to understand is not premised on external circumstances, but is based on a living hope anchored in the assurance of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And all trials come to test our faith, a faith that we need to fight for, a faith that uh, we need to fight the good fight of, of, of faith with, and we need to contend for that faith, the faith that was once and for all delivered to you and I, and uh, a faith that is that produces steadfastness. The Word of God says when steadfastness has had its effect, then it will make us perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. Today we're going to be looking at two portions of Scripture. The first uh, portion is uh, from 1 Peter 1 verse 6 to 7. The other portion is Luke 22 verse 31 to 32. These have to deal with the man Peter. Peter says the following in 1 Peter 1 verse 6 to 7. He says, in this you rejoice. In other words, in this you and I should have joy. Though now for a little while if necessary. What we are going through may not seem like it is necessary. It may not seem like it has been for a while. It, is, it may seem like it has taken forever and a day. It may seem like it's an eternity. But the word of God says that under heaven, all activities that under heaven have got a time and a season. And this too shall pass. And this is just a moment. There will come a time in our lives when our memories will fail, when we try and recollect and convey and communicate what we have gone through as a world but I, what is para of paramount importance is that is not what you go through but how you go through a thing and how you come out of that thing in 1 Peter um, it, it continues and say Peter says you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Simply put, Peter is saying, as gold is tested by fire, faith is tested by trials. And the reason why your faith is tested is because it is the very material that keeps you and I in relationship with God. As we go, as we go into, uh, as we've been journeying as a church uh, through being with Jesus Christ and what it means to be with Jesus, let me remind you that faith is the essential necessity for you and I to be in a relationship with God. It is similar to the gold standard, which is a mandatory uh, value system of any country's currency uh, linked, directly linked to gold. Faith is, very, is mandatory. It is directly linked to your relationship with God. A faith is not an open buffet where you can get what you can and can what you get and you name and claim it. But faith, ladies and gentlemen, is, is, is something of so essential that God requires from, from you and I. Right now, if you think about it in the whole world, not many people are faithing, if I can use that word, faithing for material uh, things because faith is more than that. Faith, uh, without faith, you cannot uh, approach God. You cannot please God. It takes fellowship for you and I to be in, in, in relationship with God. In Romans 5 verse 2, 
the word of God says the following. It says it is through, it is, uh, through Christ that we have access by faith into uh, this uh, grace in which we stand. So we see that faith is the door, the access, the introduction into a relationship with God. But over and above it being a door, an access, and an introduction into a relationship with God, it is also a continuing permanent residency in intimacy with God. God requires that we walk and live by faith. In any times of trouble, in any war, the enemy understands that the most valuable commodity that a country has is gold. And if your faith is more, gen is more, is more valuable than gold, Jesus warned uh, uh, Peter in Luke 2, 22 verse 31 to 32. He says to Peter, to, to Peter the following, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded. That word demand simply means to order. It means Satan has put a target on your head. So if we had to rephrase it, we'll say, Simon, Simon, Satan has put a target on your head that he may sift you like wheat. But I have prayed. I cannot stop emphasizing the need for us and you and I to be in a time of prayer. We need, prayer is not a moment. Prayer is not an event. Prayer is a lifestyle. It is a culture that we have to maintain. Jesus continues and says, I have prayed that your faith may not fail. We have right now in heaven one interceding for us. His name is Jesus Christ. He is interceding that you and I will not fail. And you, ladies and gentlemen, will not fail because we are not of those who, who, who sink back and draw back into perdition. We are those who, who, who continue and are strong in, in the relationship that we have with God. I will draw you back to uh, something that um, Jesus said. He said to Peter, Satan has asked that he may sift you like wheat. That word sift, ladies and gentlemen, simply is an examining word. It means to check and sample you. Satan has asked that he may check and sample you. Just like how a policeman would uh, check the roadworthiness of a vehicle in, uh, uh, at a roadblock. No normal uh, policeman uh, or policewoman or professional policewoman will, will stop a vehicle with a physical without a physical defect. There has to be a visible physical defect that the police has to seize so that he pulls that vehicle aside. So when we talk about sifting, what we mean is this. We are saying that sifting is separating and scattering. And the enemy wants to separate you and scatter you from the presence of God, from being with God and from being with a relationship with God. Why then do we go through trials, times of trial? The reason why we go through times of trial is so that we are tested in our, in our faith. Our faith is tested just as gold is tested. Just because you have gold does not mean it is pure gold. One carat gold is one of 24 parts gold, which is 0.04% gold. And Peter thought he had pure gold. He, he thought his faith was genuine. He thought he had a genuine relationship with God. But his relationship was based on what, the, on what he could do for Jesus Christ, rather than what Jesus Christ could do for him. And that 
it seemed for for it seems like Peter had forgotten a, a very fundamental part that Je- uh, or saying that Jesus had said. Jesus has said, "The Son of Man has not come to be served, but to to, to serve." And G- Paul Peter was was willing to go into prison and die and even die with Jesus Christ. And the enemy saw a problem with that with that t- type of faith. He saw an error. He saw a flaw in that type of faith. Then saw that uh, the enemy pulled Peter like a policeman to the side because Peter's faith was a self-reliant faith, not dependent on what Jesus Christ could do for him. His faith acted on in uh, acted in independence from the Father. Compare his faith to his colleague John. John did not have a testimony of the man who really loved Jesus Christ. John's testimony was a testimony of the one who relied on, depended on the love of Jesus Christ. And the love, he he goes on to say, the, the one whom Jesus loved. So if we look at Peter, he would be the typical Christian that comes uh, to church with the biggest Bible. He would be the typical Christian that comes to church with the, with the best suit. He would be the typical Christian that knows all verses. He, he's the earliest to come to church. He's the one who is always willing to share something. But uh, though his relationship looked watertight, tight, that's what we're talking about, Peter, the enemy could see the cracks in the pipe. And he ex- and he exploited and went and tested those those cracks in those in that very pipe because folks talk is cheap. One carat gold is cheap. It may look like gold, it may seem like it is gold, but when it's put under fire, it weighs less than gold. At this very moment, we are going through trials. One Peter four verse twelve puts it this way: Beloved, do not be surprised when fiery tra- when you go through fiery trials. As though something strange had come upon you. Nothing strange has come upon us. The only thing that has come upon us is a question. A question that is posed to every believer. How are you doing with being with Jesus Christ? Has your, re- has your relationship been based on a quorum of people uh, that meet every Sunday that we call church? Has your worship been based around fine-tuned music that we call music team or the worship team? What has been your dependence and what has been your anchor? Has it been on, on external activities for you to be with Jesus Christ? If it has not been on, in the intimacy uh, uh, based on the faith of, uh, uh, on Jesus Christ, I'm here to announce to you that trials proudly brought to you by the Standards Association have come to check your ISO worthiness or the ISO certification of your faith. They've come to check how you are doing in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Folks, for a moment, and I say and I repeat, for a moment, Sunday moments are gone. Coffee moments are gone. Foyer moments are gone. High fives are gone. Hugging is gone. The music is gone. It reminds you of a, of a song that says, when the music fades and all is stripped away. Right now, things have been stripped away. What are you doing? My advice is this. I simply come. I simply come not like Martha came in the business of life and in business of activity. I simply come. I just sit down and calm down 
and be with Jesus Christ. What's the purpose of trials? 1 Peter 1 verse 7 gives us the answer. It says it results in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Trials come to strengthen us. And they strengthen us in a, in a couple of ways, two ways, in fact. They strengthen our relationship with God. At this time, we should be getting closer to God. We should be making moments and making time to be intimate with God. Yes, indeed, God is in us. He resides in us. We are as close to him as we will ever be as close to him. Because the word of God says we are intertwined and united with him in spirit. You can never get any closer to God than you are right now. But that does not give you the opportunity to neglect knowing him. It would be just like that gentleman who goes around saying, I married her. I gave her a ring. I gave her children. I gave her a home. I gave her a car. Man, I even live with that woman. Now she is nagging that I know her even more better. I already know that person. How many of us know that that is not wise thinking? Especially in this lockdown scenario, we would need to pray for that individual. God invites you and I into a relationship with him. He invites you to draw near to him so that he draws near to you and I. This is a wonderful opportunity to, to be getting close to God. It is a marvelous time to be getting close to God. We have all the time in the world to be getting close to God. And once you are intimate with God, intimacy breeds, it produces and leads to revelation. That word revelation in 1 Peter 1 verse 7 is the Greek word apocalypsis, where we get our word, our English version, apocalypse. The English does not do a very great job in translating what that word is because the English talks about just the end of things, the destruction of things and the discontinuing of things. Whereas the Greek talks about the revealing of things, the manifestation of things, the laying bare of things to disclose a divine thing that was formerly unknown. In short, it means to reveal the purpose of why trials and tribulations and persecutions happen to us. And the reason why they happen is so that we get closer to him. Rather, he gets to know us. In Revelation 1 verse 1, the word of God says the following. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reason for the revelation. He is the reason for that book, Revelations. He is the reason why we go through certain things so that we get to know him. And at this very time in the world, I, I would encourage you and I to, to keep, be getting a revelation of him. What kind of revelation should we be walking away with in this time? The one revelation we should be walking away with in this very particular time is that God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Philippians 3 verse 3. Paul declares, he confidently declares the following. We are of the circumcised who worship God in spirit and in truth. We put no confidence in the flesh. We do not put confidence in activities. We do not put confidence in business. Uh, business and we do not put confidence in the suits that we wear that make us look like Christian and act like Christians. We do not put any confidence 
in the world system, we do not put any confidence in the world. We put all our confidence in Jesus Christ. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. The second thing that uh, trials come to do is they enable us to strengthen others. In Luke 22, verse 32, Jesus says the following. He says, when you have turned again, talking to Peter, when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. When you have gone through trials and tribulations, when you have gone through moments of sifting, enable and establish your brothers. The reason why we are afflicted is so that we are comforted. It is not so that we are only comforted, but it's so that others may find comfort and salvation through what we have gone through. Trials have got a twofold effect in strengthening others. The first thing that trials do, which I've already mentioned, is that trials will scatter. They've got a scattering effect. They drive us beyond our borders. They drive us and force us beyond our comfort zone. They make us reach out beyond our limitations. It reminds me of the church in Jerusalem that was in its comfort zone. And so many people found themselves right now in their comfort zone. The church in Jerusalem was in its comfort zone, but a challenge called persecution came and scattered that church so that they went into Judea and Samaria where they were meant to be in the first place. Trials come so that it's, they scatter us. And as they went to Judea and Samaria, they preached the word of God and they strengthened others as they, wherever they went to. My question to you is this. Where are you supposed to be in the first place in relation to being with Jesus Christ? Trials come to do, to, they've got a lockdown effect. I think most of us are now professionals and experts in lockdowns. We know what a lockdown is. But as we go through a lockdown, one thing you have realized as you've been in a lockdown, it gives you time to think, gives you time to reflect, gives you time to introspect. And lockdowns are a very wonderful moment for you and I to worship God and praise Him. In Acts 16, the Bible talks about a lockdown. Paul and Silas were in a lockdown. But in that lockdown, in the midnight, in the midnight hour, they sang and prayed to God. And the Bible says that there was an earthquake that shook the lockdown. And it opened the doors. And it's opened, as it opened the doors, it unfastened the chains on every prisoner. In this lockdown that we find ourselves in, we ought to be praying and singing and getting close to God. And the benefits of the shaking of the foundations of the lockdown will not only be a benefit to us, it will be a benefit to all others. Because God is concerned about all others. As we pray, as we sing, and as we worship God, there is an effect that transcends to every other person, even those who do not know him. The story continues and says the jailer was about to kill himself. And Paul said to the jailer, we are all here. Right now I'm saying to even those who are not born again and do not Jesus Christ, we are all here. And, those who, and we who are all here, we have our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ. We are all here. Do not kill yourself. And, and Paul says the following. 
He say, and the jailer says the following, what do I need to do to be saved? And Paul says, all you need to do is believe in him, you and your household. This is a wonderful time for you and your household to get to know Jesus Christ. If you do not know Jesus Christ, call your neighbor, find out from somebody who knows Jesus Christ so that you and your household can be saved. Jesus loves you and have a blessed day. Amen.